This is the Sports Chronicle podcast. Jamie Heaslip in conversation with Jenny Murphy on protecting rugby players' medical information and the afterlife. I think just the way the way technology has kind of changed and the way people kind of consume information. I just think the old the old way, while it has its place of of speaking to someone and them interpreting that and, and putting their spin on it um, and putting it out there has its place but you can also see and I think off the back of social media you can see there's a hunger to get the players or the athletes perspective on whatever it is they're into um, that's why across the board and all social media channels like athletes are one of the most popular like everyone follows different types of athletes follow athletes that they don't even have interest in their sport they just have an interest in the person and what they're doing and I just thought the Chronicle is a way of of you know letting letting the person tell their story without without the worry of it being misinterpreted or um, you know the, the the you know your opinion comes across not someone else's opinion comes across and I think that that a kind of kernel of 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 truth and honesty uh, is actually what people kind of really want to hear and I know as a sports fan it's, that's what I want to I want to hear Jamie Heaslip has played 100 test matches including two Lions tours won three Six Nations titles a Grand Slam in 2009 collected four European winners medals and was nominated for World Player of the Year in 2009 and 2016. I wonder where you think the game is going because I know looking at it, I mean the trends and the, and the numbers don't lie that uh, women's rugby is the fastest area in, that's growing in rugby. Um, and you're seeing, you see it on the most basic level when we do, we go to little kids camps and in the summer and you go around Leinster and you see more and more and more girls playing I remember when I was young when I played I think there was only one Carrie Watkins I'll never forget her Carrie Watkins she played hooker and um, she she was the only girl that I ever come across playing rugby but now you, you see like it's, it's nearly, everywhere yeah it's nearly 50-50 when you go yeah. to the camps now which is amazing um, but like I wonder where you think as being in it from the kind of you know from where where it's going, where do you think it's going? Like when I when I f- like I started playing rugby quite late. I was like nineteen. I played Gaelic and soccer, and it's only when I went over to university in Twickenham and I saw the girls train, and um, it looked like tough. And I always used to get blackhearted for being like for bumping into people in Gaelic and soccer, and it's like that might work a bit better. <laughs> um, even just for a pure fitness kind of thing, it'd be good. And I like fell in love with it straight away. And there was, oh, you you play rugby, and you get that from you know people over in Ireland and even people in England. And now there's no, there's no difference. It's like the same as Gaelic football. Mm. It's the same as playing saying you play football. So there's there's that area. There's that kind of part of it. The reaction there is none anymore. But as well as that's like the the crowds that are coming to our games, the people that have been playing. Like I went to like Nace um, Rugby Club a couple of months ago and I was looking at the two pitches and they were it was all underage and they were all girls and it was over 60 of them there with like 
scrum caps that were too big for their tiny, tiny heads and gum shields falling out of their mouth. They just wanted to wear gum shields because they've seen yeah. the players on TV wear gum shields. So there's no need, but like <laughs> it was great. And there's m- more women, especially now like Australia is ahead of the game yeah. in terms of where rugby is going. They see it as a viable business option. They see it as, you know, possible careers. There's There's girls there that are, they're going to college, but then they're not necessarily having to kind of kind of look into the future being like, I need a safety net because rugby can be that safety net, I guess. Um, and now with the sevens team, men's and women being paid the same sponsorship over there. I, I went over there two years ago on a training camp and was looking in the car park and there was like, there was nice cars in the car park. I was, I was like, I was like, oh, like um, I thought it was off season. I was, it was the women. It was, I was all they had and they, we were like, cracking jokes with them afterwards and they're like yeah there are beamers like yeah we've earned it and I'm like I don't disagree um, but I was annoyed at myself for being like for automatically thinking oh they must be the guys yeah I don't know what your opinion is on, on medical information out there um, but as a player you're always obviously looking for the edge on the opposition yeah. um, if you know a guy's banged up or you know so, you know, there's an injury. You're going to you test go, them. Yeah. You're going to test them. I'm not going to say you're going to go for it, mm. but you're going to test them. Um, and there's that. My my other opinion would be like, you know, when you're like in the professional game, when you're moving clubs, obviously you got to do medicals um, for di- for all different reasons. And I think, you know, there's there's a thirst for content. There's a thirst for for knowledge and insight into um, what's going on with athletes and and, and players, and um, they want to know everything. And I, I, you know, if in your if you work a normal job, I mean, your medical information is private. It's not public information, mm-hmm. and and that's that that that's. I, I think I go okay. It's a game. It's a sport. Everyone loves it, but you got to remember it's a job. So the same rules still apply here, and we can't just willy nilly. <laughs> throw information out there you know and I, I don't know I know what you're spinning is well no it. as well because well for me it's, it's it's. I still agree with that but for you I think it's even heightened because if you decide to change clubs or go elsewhere it's a negotiating point and if you're oh I've got this squeaky ankle and it's not yeah. great or whatever that can be used against you as well so yeah I don't think there's a need for it. Like you said, it's private for everybody else. Why shouldn't it be private for athletes? Yeah. I mean, and I, I, my other thing on it would be, um, you know, with all the, the great greatest intentions in the world, I mean, the, the, the experts on the field are the doctors. They're not, they're not the media. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah and, and like, you know, people can get it wrong because they're misinformed or they can start Googling things and, and pulling their opinion off that. And that's quite dangerous for, you know, a young kid who's trying to grow up if you're not giving them the right context or the right information around it and and all sorts of things. That's why I've, from, I think from uh, 2015, when I got knee to the back, I decided to kind of draw a line in the sand and be like, okay, that's it. And we have to set up as a as a players group a kind of a policy around it the norm was that's what it, you did you went up and you told everyone what was wrong and everyone was able to easily discuss it and um, which is not the way uh, like it works in the real world and you don't realise until but you go when you say it out loud it's like 
it's ridiculous. Why would you go up and talk about like it doesn't now that you're yeah. say, you're even saying it out loud? Like it doesn't make sense. And it's, not, to, it's not like you're trying to hide anything or no. anything. I mean, it, it, I I just I, I suppose it was like who 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 owns that information? I know they're your employer, for example, but they don't. I mean, it's your medical information, and it didn't. It took me actually till I met. A, uh, I was I was seeing a surgeon about something, and and. It, 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 this is in the last year, for example, and and he was like, "Look, I don't have to speak to anyone if you don't want me to. I mean, they can't make me speak to them if you don't want me to, and and you can convey whatever information you want, and that's that's the deal. It's like sitting mm-hmm. down with a solicitor, you know what I mean? And I, I was kind of like, it took me for that to realize, oh shit, you know, there, while we're a professional game, there's still a lot of things we got to catch up on, you know, and we a lot like in terms of we we touched on at the very start of this, even how we how athletes deal with the media um, you know just because it's done one way the whole time doesn't mean that that's the it right sh- way it's the right way well not necessarily the right way but it can't be questioned Jenny Murphy was part of Ireland's historic 2013 Grand Slam team and had a major impact in the first ever senior Irish victory over New Zealand en route to the 2014 World Cup semi-final are you happy to stand over what you're doing with the Chronicle more so than you would let's say a normal interview are you are you prepared to be more honest in doing the Players Chronicle than you would be yeah because the power the power is with me and at the end of the day I'm going to sign my name to what I've written and I know that it's just me that has said it and it's just my voice um, and I'm comfortable with what's being said but sometimes with the media a lot of the time you can have a quote and when it's taken completely out of context it's twisted and it's it's manipulated and it's shown in a way that that's that's not what I meant at all and, and you're you're left looking like an idiot and mm. like and it's just so, so a lot of the time I can understand why some of my teammates and myself included would would be uncomfortable um, doing interviews especially when like cameras and microphones were first thrust in front of my face because I wasn't, we weren't given any media training yeah. and I was just told like, don't say anything stupid or ridiculous <laughs> or whatever. And like saying that to me is like, oh my God, I can't say anything because that is my modus operandi. I say stupid, <laughs> ridiculous things. And when they're taken out of context, it's um, even more stupid and ridiculous. Yeah, so yeah. it's it's with this, it's, I know I can look at it and be like, yep, yeah, that's my voice and I'll stand by what's been said and, yeah. and I think with the with something like the Chronicle you're going to get that from other athletes they can own they can own it themselves yeah. which is because I, I think, think I think I, like I uh, the one thing I'm quite conscious of is that I I, I don't want to take away from from what or how the media has has played a huge role in elevating the game of rugby Especially in the last since I I started in two thousand and five, um, so even before that in the under twenties World Cup, you know, when was that? That was oh four. I mean, that we got to the World, World Cup final the first time there, and it was like on TV, and then all of a sudden, like all the Alakadoos turned up out of nowhere, and the press officer was there, who actually was I played rugby with in Trinity, which was weird. I was like, Carlo, what are you doing here? Um, but. Uh, they played a massive role in, like you see, the amount of coverage, uh, like rugby, oh, it's, rugby it's gets now is huge. But I think we've where we've missed a step is let the person let, let let the player or let the athlete 
tell their story and it might not even be about the game is the thing it could be it could be about anything it's giving them it's providing a platform though to to do it you know in that, that's how I feel about it that, that's why I'd be quite passionate about it because like I mean we've all sat in the interviews where okay well you're playing Wales this week um, okay what do you think Bland, of X, just Y and give Z the X, yeah. yeah right and you know you, you're not going to give anything away <laughs> you know what I mean yeah. you're not going to tell the game plan um, you're going to try and convey yourself obviously and, and your own opinion and stuff but I, I because you're not writing it you're you're and you're not controlling it I think for me anyway it's always been quite scared like not yeah scared like, you, you, I would be scared of being misinterpreted I've never felt I've been in a battle with time um, you know when your number's called your number's called uh, but I was I, my philosophy was just more just see how far I could push it rather than rather than uh, an end side I would set myself a goal like whenever your contract was up you'd have a think going okay when when do I want to go and, and then you know okay at that you're kind of thinking two or three steps down the line kind of go okay at that stage what are they going are they going to want to want me are they not who's you know are kids coming up or not and then you, you once you commit to it you just go for it and you just you just like a game you know you just stick to the process and you'll the outcome will sort itself out you know what I mean and and, and you'll see you'll see where you are at the end of it all um, but like honestly oh, up to my injury I was I was feeling the best I ever was and by the way if you looked at me when I was 21 it wasn't that much harder it wasn't that hard to be in better shape than when I was when I was 21 <laughs> to be honest uh, it wasn't exactly fantastic Nick um, but I, I got way more comfortable in in being me if that makes sense um, and not not having to be someone and not caring to be honest um, in terms of like let's say you're you know worried about you know being the, a particular type of leader or a particular type of person or or any of that kind of crap and actually I, I, you know it, for me it kind of happened at about 27 28 or just going actually you know what it's just 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 focus on getting the most out of yourself Mick Carney who was our Ireland manager for yeah. a couple of years he before that he was well, he still is a successful businessman but he was part of that mentoring program when I got set with him and so I remember going meeting first time and I was like brilliant like this man is going to tee me up for life like <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to come up with the with the brilliant idea of what I'm going to do and it's going to make me loads of money and all that kind of stuff and like he just shot me down first meeting he was like look you're never going to you're never going to you know do as well as you're doing now I mean you're, you're, you're doing something you absolutely love you're getting paid unbelievably well for it um, like my advice to you is just double down and and don't worry about all the crap and the the trappings that can come with it and just focus in on being being the best you can so that when you do walk away from it you can kind of go yeah I, I went all in on it um, and that's like because you, you think you're a good pro Mm. and then you have that kind of conversation and then at the same time you have someone like like for me it was like I'm sure you learned off players as well like for me it was like Nathan Hines or um, 
you know, I had John O'Gibbs as a coach. I had, you know, learn off those guys. Uh, who else? Brad Thorne was a man. Like, he, he, you thought you were a good pro and then he turned up to the club and that was like... Another level kind of oh, stuff. Uh, yeah. Completely, like, not even in the same field. Like, you know, we're on the back, we're on the, like, the J3 field compared to him. He's playing on the premiership field. Like, it was, it was, it was ridiculous. I mean, he, he took everything on board because, like, you, you sit down and you talk to him and, like, he was a wild boy. You know, he was wild. And he kind of learned from it, you know what I mean? And um, he went through some craziness, you know, and, and he experienced rugby at all different levels in two different codes on all across the world and won everything. Like, like literally, sorry, the only thing he didn't win was the Pro 12 final with us. He won everything else. I'm sure that kills him. Kills him <laughs> to this day. <laughs> but, uh, you know, he just, he, he questioned... He made me question, like, okay, what are you, what are you willing to sacrifice for this to say, you know, like that you're willing to stand over as a body of work? You know what I mean? Are you willing to kind of go through it, okay, and have an old grand old career and be grand? And you Tip come out away. the other, yeah, yeah, you come out the other end. And you're kind of like, <clears throat> you know, if you sit down and have that honest conversation with you, with yourself, are you going to be proud of it, or say that you did it? And for me. Like, I, 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 yeah, I, it kind of ate at me that conversation with him and 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 Mick, and uh, it was like kind of a bit of a perfect storm, you know. And it was, it was, yeah, it was a big kind of moment to push me forward. For different reasons, Jenny and Jamie missed this year's Six Nations. Well, for, it's it's weird after Christmas having time, like you actually have time. I'm kind of like finish work, and I'm rushing, and I'm like, I can. I actually don't have to rush anywhere and you're like something you don't have to like vacuum pack mass amounts of food or like someone has like a, a christening or whatever and unfortunately you have to be like no I'm actually free yeah I'm able to go to that <laughs> like so you have yeah you have time and and and, it, and I and I, I have enjoyed it to be fair I'm not gonna lie but then Six Nations time it's weird it was weird going to the game and did you go? You, yeah, I went to the game. I like, I was like, yeah, I've like you have to, to, to you have to, you have to, you have to go, and it's and it's it's just like I I was distracting myself a lot of the time. Like some of the older girls were there and popping out kid, kids, so I was like playing with them. But it was yeah, it was different. But then in the back of my mind, oh, I'm going back. Okay. So it was like no, 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 it's okay. Don't like, don't panic or whatever. Like. The, the plan is like at the moment like I can I can go back I haven't firmly closed the door on that but even thinking about closing the door is daunting mm. because it's all consuming and it's everything and like you give you give so much for it and you get so much back as well yeah. but yeah when that door closes more doors open and all that kind of crap but doesn't compare like yeah. <laughs> it's just like yeah you, you that mad buzz or and that like I, well, I don't think anything replaces like winning on the field with your friends no like, like it doesn't I mean I don't high. I don't care like until you do that and it doesn't matter what level it's at like it doesn't matter if you are playing down a nice on a Sunday morning in the junior league or you're 
play in front of 80,000 people like that feeling of going what you were talking about of like all that crap that you got to go through all that the training that you got through the people don't see the sacrifices there's stuff like where going to christenings or not going to <laughs> christenings or in my case I don't know if it ever happened to you um, I've been a groomsman and I haven't told my mate that look I can't go um, I gotta play a game mm. you know what I mean um, that sort of stuff uh, yeah I mean that's like the people don't see that and they don't realise that but like that winning feeling that you get oh. but you know uh, what I, you know what I think though like and this is what I'm realising when you want to talk about we got, you know the afterlife mm. right I always think I think so more and more though what what it actually does for all of us in these in these team sports and going through suffering as a team but not just the on-field stuff and not just the training stuff but like you know like like real life stuff happens to the group and to individuals in the group and, and y'all live it mm. everyone lives it right and you go through it and it's it's being able to work with those people going through that suffering um, dealing with emotions dealing with egos dealing with loss dealing with win I think is that they're actually really really powerful and the more and more I look back at it and the more I go and visit different offices and different big companies like that kind of emotional intelligence um you re- you forget how strong it is. It's so in va- our, it's, it's in, valuable in our envi- environment because, yeah. like, you've got people of all different shapes and sizes, right? There's a position for every shape and size in rugby. There's a position for every sort of kind of athletic and um, footballing ability and skill ability. Um, you're usually it's not just 15 players. It's like you got 23 on match day. You've you know you got a squad of going to a World Cup of what 30 players, uh, something like that, or for a tournament around 30 players maybe. Um, you got to deal with all that um, management, yeah, and then the extended family, yeah, that comes with it. I think that they're really they're like it's the one question I keep like I'm always I'm constantly worried about life after rugby and it's like are you are we skilled enough? Are we doing enough? Are we allowing players doing enough? Because so, like it's a weird paradigm, isn't it? You're you're expected to be so caught up in right. This is it. It's rugby. Nothing else. Nothing else. Nothing else. Oh, it's over. See ya. You know, like that's yeah. I I think for me the the contrast it's not it's not as severe because I'm still dipping in and out of like real life is the wrong way to say it, but I'm still I still see the like sometimes the 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 bubble. I have to step in and out of the bubble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but like when you're in that really intensive, especially like during World Cups, and you're you're and you guys are together even longer than we are. Because um, you're so, and it's oh, it's it's crazy. What's I don't World, like what's the World Cup? It's four weeks, and then it's it's seven weeks uh, plus whatever you're in camp for, and yeah. some before that. Like you, you end up, you end the World Cup year with us. You end up being with the guys for four or five months. I think some people we touched on it before. I think some people get caught up in because it's so consuming, right? And like you want to be the best rugby player, right? It doesn't matter if you're male or female, it's still the same same, same drive. And you, 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 it, there is the, always the potential to get completely caught up in it. And some guys 
like are all like are completely all in they watch nothing but rugby on tv 24 7 um they're thinking about it the whole time their missus is talking to them about it the whole time i'm sure it's 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 the same right on both sides but uh, that's why I've always made a conscious effort to have outside interests, to have just to get the. I need the balance, right? I, I think if you go all, if you go deep, 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 deep on on one thing, I think it's, you can achieve amazing things. But I, I, I think you don't get longevity in it. Um, well, you're Jamie Heaslip first, and you just happen to be a rugby player, yeah. As opposed to, I'm Jamie Heaslip, their rugby player, yeah. It's. There's a big difference. A huge. And then as well, when you when you do step away from rugby, it's in like whenever you do that, yeah. and you have that innate drive to be the best that you can be in whatever you go and decide and do next, that doesn't turn off. You just find something else, and it's different kind of highs and stuff. But mm. you still want to be. Yeah, good I, at what I just you think the guys do. I think where people struggle is where they they they. They don't realise where that line is, maybe, and you know, some a lot of a lot of professional players are are, are finding it tough to find their feet again and 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 find their kind of their 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 passion. Um, you know, sometimes like I I've talked to Bernard about this that sometimes you get actually kind of a little bit jealous of the GEA players because, in a in a weird way, um, and, and exactly the same as you guys, like okay. They are all in on their sport either side, and and um, you know Dublin's a great example. They have great facilities, and 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 they're able to do both. But they also are able to carve out a career, and they get that balance. You and know and I mean? it's not they, they, they can, to. they have, yeah, it's, they have to, yeah, and it force them. And you kind of like when they finish, they just kind of continue on maybe what they were doing as such. Um, and it can be daunting for guys because, like, for, for you know now especially because they. Guy like the, the the blokes are professional from about what eighteen nineteen the minute they go into the academy mm. pretty much. I mean they don't even get to really enjoy college. Like they go literally they start rugby at let's say eight or nine and you go all the way till you're in your thirties, being told, literally like this is your schedule, this is what you're doing, this is what you have to wear. Yeah, that yeah. used to wreck my head. <laughs> like it's fine for two weeks and then myself and Ali Miller would be like I'm sick of being told what to wear all the yeah. time it's just like conform <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that'd be we'd rebel and wear like the wrong tracksuit bottoms and he was like oh my bad you but really crazy and so we were bastards. like oh yeah it was <laughs> yeah, I, used to cut, really? <laughs> I used to cut the, you know the big back the kind of the cotton pants you'd get I thought I was badass I'd just cut, make them into shorts and wear my shorts that was my way of that was your quiet rebellion yeah nice Joe nice. just laughed at me normally no yeah. I didn't want to destroy property because we wouldn't get a second pair. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, I had the bag man in the pocket. I'd rally oh, in my pocket. Oh, you see, yeah. Uh, 